With Long Island local news on March 7th, 2023, I'm Gianna Volpe on WLIWFM. A New York State Supreme Court judge yesterday ruled that the candidates who had initially been shut out of the March 21st Greenport Village election can remain on the ballot. Beth Young of the East End Beacon reports that in a March 6th stipulation of settlement requested by the Greenport Village Board, Justice Joseph A. Santorelli ordered village clerk Sylvia Perillo in her official capacity as the chief village election officer to reinstate the names of mayoral candidates Kevin Stussy and Richard Vandenberg, along with trustee candidates Patrick Brennan, Lily Dockerty Johnson, and Monique Goral on the ballot, stating that, quote, having filed certificates of acceptance, their nominations are deemed valid, end quote. Trustee candidate Allison Tuttle told the court she had entered into contract to sell her home and will no longer be a resident of the village of Greenport and asked that her name not appear on the ballot and candidate William Swiskey, quote, declined to execute this stipulation according to the settlement. The names of incumbent Mayor George Hubbard and Jack uh, Martellotta, initially the only two candidates deemed by the village clerk to be eligible to have their names on the ballot, will remain. The village twenty, uh, the March twenty first village election will be held from six a.m. to nine p.m. at the Greenport Firehouse at two hundred and thirty six Third Street. Uh, two more candidates' debates will be held at the Greenport School Auditorium, seven twenty Front Street. A debate for village trustees will be held tomorrow evening at six thirty p.m. And a second mayoral debate will be held on Tuesday, March fourteenth, also at six thirty p.m. Voters who are registered with the Suffolk County Board of Elections using an address already inside the incorporated village. Of Greenport are automatically registered to vote. Anyone registered to vote at a location outside the village is not eligible to vote in village elections. Uh, the village will be holding two voter registration days on Thursday, March 9th from 8.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. and Saturday, March 11th from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. at Village Hall. That's 236 Third Street in Greenport Village. More details at villageofgreenport.org. And in other news, Stony Brook Eastern Long Island Hospital, Greenport Village Business Improvement District, Greenport Harbor Brewing Company, and Community Action for Southhold or uh, for Social Justice, excuse me, Cash J, as they're known, have collaborated to launch Narcan rescue stations in various North Fork establishments to prevent potential opioid overdoses. The first two have been installed at Greenport Harbor Brewing Company in Peconic and Greenport, both of those locations. As reported on 27East.com, the program was conceived after the untimely and tragic deaths of six people who overdosed on cocaine laced with fentanyl on the East End in the summer of 2021. Richard Vandenberg, president of the Greenport Village Bid, uh, wrote in a letter to local business owners, quote, as a member of this amazing, compassionate community, I'm reaching out to ask you to help me prevent more tragedies like the one we faced in 2021. Vandenberg also spoke at recent North Fork Chamber of Commerce and Mattituck Chamber of Commerce meetings where he emphasized the importance of the Narcan rescue stations, not only in Greenport, but across the North Fork as well. The rescue stations come with multiple doses 
of naloxone, the life-saving drug that prevents death from opioid overdose, as well as detailed administering instructions. Additionally, free training will be provided to any business. The program has been underwritten by the collaborating organizations. Quote, the tragedy that occurred in 2021 could have been prevented. That's Paul uh, Connor, Chief Administrative Officer at Stony Brook Eastern Long Island Hospital, uh, adding these Narcan rescue stations will honor the legacies of those we've lost by ensuring nobody else meets the same tragic fate. Businesses can sign up at greenportvillage.com slash free dash Narcan dash rescue dash stations. Staying on the North Fork for the weather in honor of Matatuck Mushroom's Agatha Snow. Joining us for our second Tasty Tuesday segment at the bottom of the hour, underwritten by Southampton Arts Center. Uh, Looking like a mostly sunny Tuesday with the temperature falling to around 39 degrees by 5 p.m. Breezy with a northwest wind, 18 to 23 miles per hour. Partly cloudy tonight with a low around 28 degrees. Wind chill values well below that, 15 Uh, to 25 blustery with a north wind 21 to 23 miles per hour right now it's 42 degrees and continuing with the gone edition Mm -hmm. i'm gonna go with starting with logan mize better off gone morphine on deck after that then box of light giving me crazy nico case vibes i'm wondering if she is uh the vocalist on that track um, then we'll see what we got for next next for you. A lot of gone tracks and so little time. Uh, if you'd like to uh, let us know about your favorite gone track, leave us a voicemail at 631-591-7006 as we plan an all-music gone edition for you here on The Heart, recorded live from the heart of the East End, the WLIWFM studio in Southampton, New York. We'll be back. Girls got her eyes on fading horizon. Here come the last line of our favorite song. It's the end of an era. She's gonna tear up that interstate on her way to Charleston. She's gone moving on, taking off my leather jacket. Gonna drive as far as she can tonight. Gonna sleep on the roadside. She'll know when I'm Country station turns to static She ain't ever been that far from home But I know she's better off gone Better off, 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 better off gone Oh yeah, I knew she was too good for Kansas She swears we'll end up together in the end But she wouldn't have to say that She really thought that the fact is She ain't coming back again And she's gone moving on Taking off my leather jacket She's gonna drive as far as she can tonight Gonna sleep on the roadside She'll know when our hometown Country station turns to static She ain't ever been that far from home But I know she's better off gone Only good thing I ever had Just up and gone away like that 
Apologies for the auto start on Grace is Gone. Dave Matthews Band coming in a bit. I've got the Lily White Sessions version of Grace is Gone. My personal favorite. You won't hear that on the playlist if you download it. Because we've had to put the busted stuff version. I prefer Lily White Sessions. And I love Box of Light, this track. I'd only heard before... I'd never heard before making this playlist. What do you think? Sounds like Nico Case to me. I plunge myself into the deep Hopefully tonight I'll sleep And I feel gone forever And I feel free And I
You know, I'm not generally a betting man, but I would have bet that that was Nico Case. The vocalist's name is Ellen Foley from St. Louis, Missouri. I'm Gianna Volpe, and YouTube letting us down twice this morning. Autoplay is off, but yet it just couldn't wait to uh, get this track started. I understand. I love me some Lily White sessions. Dave Matthews Band Grease has gone on Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WFM, WLIWFM. Stay tuned for Agatha Snow joining us in just a few minutes right here on Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM. Neon shines through smoky eyes tonight It's 2 a.m. I'm drunk again It's heavy on my mind It's heavy on my mind I could never love again So much as I love you Like a river going through sun refused to shine I woke with you beside me your cold hand lay in mine excuse me please one more drink could you make it strong cause I don't need to think she broke my heart my grace is gone another drink and I'll go excuse me please one 
But you make it strong Cause I don't need to think she Broke my heart, my grace is gone Another drink and I'll move on One more drink and I'll move on One more drink and my grace is gone Dave Matthews Band, Grace is Gone, off the Lily White Sessions, unreleased record. It's one of my favorite records, and it was never released. They ended up polishing all the tracks, I guess, uh, for radio, which became busted stuff. It just didn't cut it for me. Um, But what did absolutely not only cut it for me, but blew me away was uh, the maitake uh, prepared by Chef John Frazier at uh, North Fork Table, I I got to go there for um, my anniversary, which is also Valentine's Day, and I reached out immediately to Mattituck Mushrooms, uh, Agatha Snow, who is on the line with us for our Tasty Tuesday second or our, te- our second Tasty Tuesday segment of the morning, underwritten by Southampton Arts Center. Good morning, Ag- Agatha. Good morning. I am so. I'm great. so happy it's you. I didn't make the connection of you... the Valentine's Day my Taki experience. Yes. <laughs> oh my goodness. I read your comment and uh, yeah, it was just it was just uh, amazing. It really was. And I, you know, I love mushrooms, and we are very lucky. We have a lot of great mushroom uh, growers out here on the East End, including you we and. Really do. And, and and Anthony, is that right? That's right. Okay, so that's right. So yeah, no, we we're so lucky out here. I mean, everything. The water is amazing. You know, it's like the we use the outdoors a lot. So between the water and the fresh air and the sea, I love it. And I you, mean, it doesn't. You don't think Long Island and mushrooms go together, <laughs> but actually, since we're up against Laurel Lake Preserve and we have this the most amazing water and air and. I go forage in the woods like almost every day, you know, from like May till November or December. So 
I would love yeah. to go with you one of these days. Okay, so you, oh, I would love to take you. That's so fun. You and you and Anthony are also artists, correct? That's right. That's right. We're both sculptors. Um, that's why we moved out here. Um, we needed space to make our work. I first um, I had a at the a solo show at the Guggenheim in Berlin, and I needed to make forty feet tall collages. And my brother found me a barn, like not a barn, but like a metal box in the middle of the, <laughs> in the middle of the field in Kachog, um, and that I was tall like that. So that's how we started moving here. And then I got pregnant and just seemed to not go back to the city anymore. Yeah. And, and so we stayed. And that's, I mean, especially through the pandemic, that is, is a common story. But yeah, no, we've been here uh, now 12, 14 years. Beautiful, beautiful. The mushrooms have been here for, yeah, we've only started selling them for two years since, since the pandemic, but they were kind of growing here for two years prior to that. Can you talk a little um, bit about about starting that? When Where did your uh, interest or when did your interest begin? I, I imagine you're a longtime forager for, to start off. Well, I was always a forager because my dad taught us. We grew up um, in Corsica, and uh, my dad had a farm-to-table and uh, restaurant, and people would come from all over Europe, and it was really incredible, just like the most beautiful food and the most beautiful half of it was foraging. And uh, he taught us everything, the three kids. Like, we just had to go and go with him and make sure everything was safe and so when I moved here and I saw the woods, I started foraging at the, in the lower lakes. Like, I just love it. It's like a hunt. I've, I've always adored, like, uh, you know, like um, going to, like, the exchange centers at a dump or, <laughs> like, going to vintage stores. I mean, there's such a pleasure in finding things, and I think the foraging is that same kind of, you don't know what you're going to find today, yes. but you're on a hunt. You know? Yes. Yes, I am right there with you. My mouth is hung open because I am just loving this story. It's it's really highlights um, one of the reasons why where we live is so special, and that's the not just the place, but the people that are drawn to this place. Uh, certainly, including you. I I would love to touch on it a little bit because I don't want people to go out there. Uh, say, being so inspired that they go out and try to forage for themselves. Can you talk a little bit about <laughs> the amount of time that I imagine your father spent uh, really focusing on what not to take uh, and and why yeah, that's so important? Most of it. Most of the time was about not what not to do, what not to eat, and we still get sick. You know, even with the most amazing directions, my I remember my mom getting really sick from uh, <laughs> from one fake, you know, a mushroom that looked. It's like weeds. They look so similar to the plant they grow next to. Yes. So they really mimic, you know, like the ones that people are going to go for, so that they can spread their spores everywhere. Um, it's oh a, it's wow! A, yeah, it's like a mimic. That, yeah. Now that is so that's like unbelievable. Next to each other. That's so. That yeah. is like it's a it's a uh, a crazy cool thing that I never really thought of, which is that a, a poison and a poisonous mushroom might be trying to trick you into thinking it's not poisonous. Oh, I think so. I definitely think so. 
and then they also, you know, they, they're just so smart. Like they yes. have, it's been amazing. I've learned so much. So the the real starter story of the Matisak Mushrooms brand was that my sister, uh, Anne, who owns Mushrooms NYC, uh, bought a uh, farm called Mushrooms NYC in the city in, in, in Brooklyn. And uh, when the pandemic came around, the the man who owned the place was old and he it was he had to go through his apartment, through his working studio, through a carpentry shop, and finally at the very back of the building there was the little farm, and he didn't want people to go come in and out, um, and he was scared of COVID. So we had known for two years they were coming and bringing the grow blocks. They could only grow them once. They couldn't wait the two three weeks for them to come back in. So they would do one big flush. So we grew on these wood, it's like wood and inoculated grain. So you inoculate grain and you mix it with wood and you let the mycelium grow over the wood. So very, very finely, uh, like um, very fine wood, finely crushed wood. And you let it cover the blocks. And then when you're ready, you see the mycelium has covered everything, you let her in. And light. People don't think mushrooms need light, but they need lots of light, uh, especially at the growing fruiting stage. So when it's fruiting time, they need they reach out for the light basically. And um, so they were giving us all the blocks that were used once before, and just bringing them to our to our fields. And then over the years, for two years, I've been I was studying. First few years, I couldn't believe how many mushrooms I had. But the second year, I started looking at when they came through. So the blue oysters were growing at this temperature in this area. The, the you know the poplars, but so and all the varieties that they were growing in the city indoors, we realized can be grown outdoors. And if we followed the season, they each had their own little season. So that's what we did, and that's, this is the beginning and the end and the everyday of our mushrooms. We barely use any uh, heat or grain, only, you know, in the very cold months. And we use uh, tents. We've been making blo- uh, boxes out of um, the shipping container. Uh, like the shipping boxes from my sculptures were turned into, they were made from really great wood. Wow. So we turned those first into grow, grow rooms. And now we have ones we can walk into, and it's all recuperated um Metals and and um, and plus people, you know, we're in a farming area. Lots of people donating things to us and uh, old parts of greenhouses and um, paving stones. Anyway, so we make up grow rooms as we go. My photographer. And then in the summertime, it's all outdoors in the in the woods, so f- under the woods, so you can come and walk around and harvest your own. Oh, cool. My photographer side yeah. is like going crazy here. I'm imagining this uh, visually. The the image of growing mushrooms within uh, shipping containers that you use to ship t- your your sculpture sculptures. That alone is just uh, I'm getting a what what a story kind of vibe. But how cool because you know uh, one of the the big topics for the past decade plus has been the rise of agro-tourism and ways in which to get uh, the people coming to the area involved in the process because they love it. 
I can't imagine. Have you, did you do harvest your own uh, this past this past season? So we did a ton of tours, a ton. Like we did not realize how much people were really interested in seeing everything. And we uh, were very, the library was the first one to uh, sign up people for a tour. And we thought it would be, you know, 10 to 20 people. It turned out like we had to do two days of it in so 20. It was so many people and so much interest in mushrooms. And then we did the um, foodie tour. And same thing, I think we had 500 people show up for the tours over in, you know, six hour, um, six hours, I think. So it was incredible to see that. And, and so we basically set up now individual tours for people too. And they come and, yeah, they, we did a little path where you can harvest and kind of look at what's growing at that moment. We explain how it's done. It's been, it's been so, so fun. And we've been meeting such amazing people and working with more and more people that are really inspiring and really fun. And the farms out here, like, we've learned so much from all the farms we work with, like if it wasn't for them, you know, starting to sell our produce on their stand, like we probably would not have um, figured out all these things we figured out. But you, you want to give we some? We started selling at KK's Got first it. during the pandemic. Love KK's. And then at um, Eight Hands and uh, I and Me in uh, in Southold and Zelnicki and and Seps Farm. Anyway, so beautiful people and beautiful opportunity for us. So it's been great. I do want to, um, speaking of KKs, I did want to try to give them a, oh yeah, all right, so good, it's not It's not uh, too close. The Dandelion Festival is coming up at the oh, end yes. of April. April 30th. Yes. So we will yeah. definitely get Ira on the air ahead of that. Um, I did want to touch, first of all, I wanted to ask, where can folks go? I know it's, I think, at Mattituck Mushrooms. On Instagram, Mattituck.mushrooms. Where can folks go if they are interested in doing a tour, in uh, doing uh, the harvesting and doing all of that fun stuff with you? Uh, so, MattituckMushrooms.com has a contact sheet and all the information is there. Physically, right, Anthony and me, we're very, we answer, you know, within a day or so. But yeah, everyone's welcome to come do a tour. And, um, yeah, contact me or Anthony. Our numbers are there, and I think there's even a contact link like that just gets you to an email or something like that Fantastic. in the website, mattituckmushrooms.com. Before I let you go, Agatha, I want Or wanted... on Instagram. Yes, mattituckmushrooms. I wanted to touch on something because you, you mentioned uh, mushrooms being smart, and I wanted uh, you to just talk a little bit more about that because I didn't know until the last couple years just how smart not only mushrooms but but trees plants uh, the mycelial network uh between uh, these living things uh were can you just talk a little bit more about that well that's uh, yeah i'm so i'm learning just like you are i you know i always thought that they were each mushroom was kind of an individual thing you know like oh there's a beautiful mushroom right there but it turns out for each mushroom, there's a whole network underground of like hair, like a nervous system, like our own yes. personal nervous system that connects to and each mushroom as a, and that I learned through the is every mushroom has a particular tree or wood it grows from. So they will be able to talk and help and 
uh, trees grow and decompose. I mean, it's part of the decomposition. Yes. Um, and that creates soil and that creates compost. And that's how everything grows back. So you need this decomposition uh, through the mushroom world that helps the, world, the tree world decompose, creates more soil, and then, um, com- you know, compost and grow more. But basically, for every little mushroom you see a set sitting out there, so much underground that we don't understand. And through this wiry, my, what's called mycelium, through this wiry, hairy uh, network, they talk to each other, the mushrooms that look the same, and they talk to the tree that they're related to. Yes. And they basically, they really talk. And it's like a full, you know, they, they exchange information of where the, the, the like, the ultimate, um, the ultimate, you know, the best place for them to grow, the best place for them to, to, to shelter. Everything is coming from this communication between the tree and the mycelial network that's underground. And and, and, and um, trees. The mushroom, the Sorry. fruit is just basically another way for them to, to spread their knowledge and spread their spores. But I, I really think the more you pay attention to them, the more you talk to them too. I feel like I'm part mushroom now. Like yes. They really have a way of <laughs> of talking to you and getting yes. through you and getting there's, there's, you know, I'm propagating just the same way their spores are propagating. <laughs> like they're, you know, the second you get interested in mushrooms, you're going to start talking about mushrooms. Then you start paying attention to mushrooms and you're just going to like pick some, Whenever you forage, basically you shake the spores around and you do the same as they do. So they have a whole way of seducing you into doing their own work, you know? It's the circle of life. When you life. do that, you help the whole forest and all of, the whole chain of you know, animals, forests, woods, everything works together. Yeah, it's And the, it's so nice to be part of that. Right? To be aware of it. Yes. It's the circle of life and it rules us all. Uh, trees not only talking to each other, but feeding each other. I, I recently learned about how other trees uh, will will send, um, I think, like a sugar substance to uh, stumps of trees, just enough to, That's like, it. keep it alive. It's it's absolutely it. mind-blowing and stuff. And when it doesn't have, yeah, when it can't survive, the mushrooms also make sure to sell, don't, you know, I'm going to take care of this one. Like, yes. I'm going to basically decompose this. Yeah. Give you nutrients from that tree, and then you can move on to the next tree that needs a little bit more help. Yeah, it's it's amazing. It just blows your mind. I can't. I have it's to imagine. Amazing. How is it? How has it affected your work as a sculptor? That's wow. Well, that's the thing. It's like they, you know, they every they talk to you in so many ways. The mushrooms, but for me, it was a yeah. It was they were living sculptures. You know, like yes. that. I I could not come anywhere close, and then. I worked with a lot of fashion people where it's like these flowers. I mean, they, this is the dream. This is what we try to make in clothes. Yes. This is, you know, yeah. the lines are so incredible. So anybody that has a creative sense just looks at mushrooms and thinks like this is just incredibly inspiring, basically. Yeah, they're living sculptures. There's no way to pass, you know, as an artist to look at them and not see so many things you'd like to make yourself, you know? Well, Agatha, this is a, a, a beautiful beginning to, to many conversations, I imagine, I'll have with you and Anthony over the years. I'm Gianna Volpe. That's Agatha Snow. 
of uh, Mattituck Mushrooms. This is Junior Junior, and you, whoever you are out there, you're awesome. And you just heard the second Tasty Tuesday segment of the morning, underwritten by Southampton Arts Center, right here on Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM. I've made up my mind over and over Keep pressing rewind, but I'm getting older Tried every door, don't know who I'm looking for And I've made up my mind over and over I can't be It's all 
You know, in honor of both our guests this morning and uh, the relation to a sort of pandemic project, I'm going to hop over one of my favorite Gone tracks. That's Jack Johnson's Gone. You can find it on the playlist at WLIW.org slash radio. Hop ahead to Gene Casey's Gone Hollywood from his 2020 record, Free Country, right here on Long Island's only local NPR radio station, Warren Smith uh, and ELO on deck after that. We'll see if we have any time following i'm gianna volpe this is gene casey and you whoever you are out there you're awesome and you're listening to wliwfm
Saying our last goodbye now, and yes, I know exactly what I'd done just now, pairing Gene Casey with rockabilly legend Warren Smith, a Sun Studio artist of yore. This is ELO, Roger Miller leading you into the NPR news break. This was the Gone edition of The Heart for Gary uh, of Leonard Skinnerd. deep bout of both of our guests this morning were all three of our guests, Dylan and Sean Carroll, as well as Agatha Snow of Lisa Lena Pasta and Mattituck Mushrooms, respectively, as well as our underwriters, Peconic Landing and Southampton Arts Center. I'm Gianna Volpe. Your humble host of the heart on Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM. Summer sky, flesh shattered and wet. 
I've been a fool 